Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smiths, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach, a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. Episode 13, Season 8. Are you a giver or a taker? You'll have to forgive me because I can't help myself. When I chose to write an episode on the difference between being a caregiver versus being a caretaker, I could not help but see it as a choice between me being a giver versus the addiction being the taker. In the context of addiction and what family members are prepared to do for their beloved addict, the difference between caregiving and caretaking is stark. Caregiving is that healthy giving of care that all families will do for a sick loved one that is reasonable and rational. Caretaking brings a whole new dimension into the relationship and is a distortion of well-meaning instincts that start with loving care and end with desperate enabling. Caregivers are just plain nice people who go out of their way to give to others whether they're family or not. They're the ones who will give a neighbor a ride to church, welcome a new family to the neighborhood, or volunteer at the nursing home a couple of times a week. So what makes a caretaker? Deborah J. in her book No More Letting Go talks about caretakers like this. Caretakers do things for other people too. But unlike the caregiver, their efforts have been hijacked by the addiction. They pay the addict's rent, buy the beer, make excuses to friends, lend the car, and clean up every mess. They do what their name implies. They take care of everything. While perfectionists try to keep everything around the alcoholic in perfect order, caretakers try to keep the alcoholic functioning. Caretakers believe they have no choice. This is how bad it has gotten. Caretakers, too, have lost the power of choice and are now coming under the grip and spell of the disorder. They are as powerless over alcohol and its effects as is the alcoholic himself. Save the addict. Miss J continues, if they don't step in, terrible things will befall the addict. They'll start out doing some small things, but as the disease gets progressively worse, it takes more sacrifice on the part of caretakers to keep the consequences at bay. Before they know it, they begin doing things they've never thought they would do, do things that most other people would find hard to believe. I can give you a personal example. One of my dearest former colleagues and her husband started helping their one and only son by giving him money to pay his crack dealer. The kid was too dysfunctional to hold down a job, so instead of kicking him out of the house, they decided that maybe it would be better if Dad just paid for the crack. In the meantime, Dad would get into his Mercedes and drive into the hood to buy the crack because he feared for his son's life should the boy show his face to dealers to whom he owed money. They got him, they got the boy to agree to go into treatment where he would rebel after a few weeks and then get asked to leave. This after a small fortune and hard-earned money evaporated. They thought a trip to a world-renowned institute on a California beach would do the trick. 
This was top-of-the-line treatment at $7,500 a week before things like airfare and parents' accommodation nearby, near the beach, and so on. Three weeks and over $25,000 later, he gets asked to leave again. Apparently, the treatment center didn't appreciate that he bought some marijuana on the beach and passed it around to the other recovering patients. That certainly didn't help their recovery. The parents took out a second mortgage on their home to cover the spiraling costs of counselors, psychiatrists, and life coaches. Of course, none of this is covered by insurance anymore. It isn't over. They're not done, or more accurately, the disease is not done with them. They've done three interventions, but have not yet spent any time at all in therapy for themselves, or spent time with, or learned the lessons of Al-Anon to help start their own healing process. The disease has blinded them to the fact that it has sucked all the oxygen and joy out of their lives. They are very far from making a good decision for themselves and for their family as a whole. They live in fear and don't seem to have taken a deep breath in years. No vacations for fear of what might happen while they're away. Things like that. The addict is able to intimidate the family because he has loyalty only to his addiction. Whereas his mom sees his addiction as the problem, he sees his mom as the problem because she stands in the way of his ability to get and stay high. Miss J continues as follows, Caretakers can't stop taking care of everything. They believe that by rescuing the alcoholic, they can beat back the addiction. Every time caretakers avert another disaster, it reinforces the belief that they are doing the right thing. Bruno J's story, my story. I was in the same place when it came to a loved one, an adult child of mine who went around the bend on me. She was a thousand miles away at the time. By that I mean that she seemed to prefer cocaine to everything else in life. But I still paid her rent and her tuition because it felt good that I was doing the right thing and my conscience was clear. But the problem was this. My intentions were good, but my thinking was misguided. I was just feeding the beast while it laughed all the way to the bank. So I ended up saving my kid from one crisis after another. I got a call from her in Las Vegas one time and she apparently needed an effort to get back home to Texas. Ever heard of a round-trip ticket, I asked? Of course, I got some story about a private jet and the guys taking off without her and her girlfriend. But she just wants the cash and doesn't want the ticket, so I concluded cash was for things other than airfare. She did make it home okay. I'm not sure how. The disease will have you dancing around trying to put out one fire after another until you realize there will always be fires to put out until you decide to stop putting them out. The Hidden Brain at Work. I spoke in an earlier episode about how the subconscious mind controls more than we ever realize. This subconscious is often called the hidden brain, which seems to operate with its own set of rules which we did not write and over which we have little or no control. As the addiction gets more intense, the caretaker's actions come under the control of life's two most powerful forces, avoiding pain and seeking pleasure. There seems to be little in the way of rational thought, rather the caretaker is acting out of instinct and conditioned reflex. Caretakers will make whatever sacrifices are necessary to have the addict avoid the pain of consequences, and they take pleasure, which simply means to breathe a huge sigh of relief when disaster is averted. According to Deborah J., there is a direct correlation between the severity of the addiction and the excessiveness of the caretaking. That's a civilized way of saying that the caretaker will stretch herself to the absolute limit 
to protect the addict from the worst of consequences. This family disease cuts two ways. Addiction is seen by medical professionals as a family disease in two distinct ways. A, the more familiar view is the effect that addiction has on family members' attitudes and behavior. The family becomes as dysfunctional as the addict himself, engaging in blame, denial, resentment, and outright hostility toward the addict and toward each other. The need for control, a premium on appearances, and perfectionism are common characteristics in families who have an addict or alcoholic living in their midst. Then there is the absence of trust, the stuffing of feelings, and the lack of honesty, which adds up to a truly dysfunctional situation that no one should have to endure. B. A second and less well-known characteristic of addiction as a family disease is how addiction causes serious and measurable health problems for the rest of the family beyond the addict or alcoholic himself. Max Schneider, MD, internist, gastroenterologist, and addiction specialist, has spent his career studying how alcoholics affect the health of the rest of the family. This is how he puts it. This is not imaginary. Psychosomatic illnesses are not just in the head, but are direct changes within the organ systems, the soma, secondary to the emotional disturbances. Many of the same disorders common to alcoholics and drug addicts occur in non-drug-using family members. They suffer from the same emotional and physical problems as the addict or the drug addict. So here's a partial list of the health problems that are shared by both the addict and his family members. Hypertension, that is high blood pressure, irregular heartbeat, stroke, gastritis, IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome in all its forms, incontinence, and anxiety. That's just a partial list. These conditions cause stress, which weakens our immune systems, and then the most vulnerable parts of our body start to break down. When stress goes undiagnosed and untreated, when a loved one's addiction is allowed to repeatedly impact our lives, the physical problems are persistent, get worse, and become increasingly difficult to treat. Caretaking equals enabling. The bottom line on caretaking is this. Caretaking is at the heart of enabling. Ernie Larson, who authored the classic Stage 2 Relationships, Love Beyond Addiction, says this. Caretakers, also called enablers, are the worst enemies of the people they love most. As long as someone else is taking care of the addict, there is no reason for the addict to take care of himself or herself. The perfect way to continue is childish ways, not being held accountable for anything really. So what have we learned about caretaking? One, caregiving is a healthy desire to help another person in a purely altruistic manner, while caretaking is essentially a means of control. Two, caretakers hold the illusion that by averting disaster yet again, they will have helped the alcoholic by shielding him from negative consequences. Three, the family of an addict suffers not only from emotional harm and dysfunction. Family members are known to suffer from a variety of stress-related physical disorders. Four, as the disorder progresses, and it always does, the enabling family will subconsciously make progressively greater sacrifices not realizing that they have become the worst enemy of their loved one. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.